This is the Scalar Health Podcast with Tom Palladino. It is now time to step into a new dimension of health with Tom and his guests. Each episode of this podcast, you will learn how to address your health from a whole new dimension. And we are going to bring light to a brand new emerging science, cutting edge holistic therapies, and a little quantum physics. Now it's time to meet Tom Palladino, scalar energy researcher and humanitarian. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Human. Uh, We are here with Tom Palladino. Uh, Tom, say hello to the audience. Good evening. Hello. (laughs) Um, Real quick, before we jump into this segment, um, this interview, I wanted to let people know that I was uh, hospitalized for several weeks. That's why Human was not um, airing. Uh, And I'll touch on that. You know, those who know me personally know what happened, but um, we're not going to get into that over the air. What I'm definitely going to do is start off by uh, letting Tom introduce himself. Tom. Go ahead, introduce yourself to the crowd. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, wonderful. My name is Tom Palladino. I live in Bradenton, Florida, and I am a scientist. I am a discoverer. I work with energy. It's known as scalar energy. Some people call it uh, Tesla energy. And what I've developed, what I've discovered, is uh, groundbreaking, if I may say so. And we'll get into my research and, and to what the benefits to be derived from scalar energy are. Um, it's quite fascinating. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Um, what I wanted to do was for every introduction, um, we do have a song that we we like to play that um, basically speaks to the person character and also, you know, actually has people relax. And here we go. I wanted to play a song by Bill Withers uh, called Lovely Day. So I'm going to go right ahead and play that song, and we'll be right back with the interview and and discovering what Tom has for us to learn today. So here we go. One, two, three. Sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning love Bears heavy on my mind Then I look at you And the world's alright with me Just one look at you And I know it's gonna be Always seems to know the way Then I 
impossible to fail And when someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you And the world's all right with me I just want to look at you And I know it's gonna be to the interview hello tom yes 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 here we go now back into the interview i had wanted to start this off by giving uh people having a little insight as to you know how you grew up you know uh, what influenced you and things of this nature so i wanted to ask uh where did you grow up at i'm a native new yorker i was born and raised in new rochelle new york um i loved it i i loved the uh the atmosphere, so to speak, and the culture there. And since then, I've traveled throughout the country. I've lived in so many different places around the country. But um, uh, I would say I had an idyllic childhood. I had great parents, hmm. and I I uh, lived the American dream, so to speak. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, real quick. What is what would you say in your words is the American dream? Let's put it that way. Uh, freedom. Uh, the United States of America is a great country. And it's it's a blessing just to live here. Indeed, indeed, yeah, indeed, indeed. All right, all right, all right. Um, so has science, you know, has science always been a part of you, even growing up as a child? Have has that something that always interested you? Yes, it has. It's it's always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Anything that could intrigue my interest or pique my curiosity, um, I've always gravitated towards and. And this is one of the reasons why I've devoted myself to research. It's, it's just fascinating to me. It's the, that's the best way to, to describe it. I just I love what I'm doing. I can do this 12 hours a day, and sometimes I do. And, uh, and, and, and it's with ease. So when you enjoy something and you can do it with ease, then mm. you know you like it. Indeed, you are absolutely correct. I love doing this. I can do this with ease all day. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is. It is. I like to find out, you know, people's truth and, and what they're thinking and how their perspective relates to the world that we live in today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one other question uh, I have in terms of uh, who you are as a person, I noticed that you went to college for an extensive uh, period of time. And yes. one thing that came to mind or surfaced on my mind was uh, what experiences do you remember from your college days? <laughs> I had a, a 
a, um, a formative, um, uh, what I would consider most important uh, experience in college, not only academically, but emotionally and, and spiritually. It's a time of growth. Um, what did I learn in college? That it's not just about studying, obviously. It's about growing. It's about maturing. Mm. And if anything, I would say I, I matured intellectually. I matured um, emotionally when I was in college. And you have to get away from home, um, to, to be very blunt about it. You have to get away from your parents, and you have to grow up. And college was a time for, for maturing. And I'm very happy I had that experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, to return back to places you lived, um, you did name a couple, but what do you think was your favorite city that you lived in? I I believe it's where I'm living presently, uh, Bradenton, Florida. Okay. I love Florida. It's warm. It's it's a great place to live on the uh, the west coast of Florida. I've lived in um, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, California, but I am set here on the west coast of Florida. It's an idyllic lifestyle. It's it's to me it's it has everything that I need everything to, to offer and I do like warm weather. Huh. <laughs> yeah, we all love warm weather, you know, fun in the sun yeah. to say the least. <laughs> to be honest, to be honest. Um, and I think another question I have to ask for you was how long were you in college for? I my collegiate career spanned approximately seventeen years, <clears throat> and that wasn't yeah. full time because after I graduated, I had to um, work. And I went to school part-time because I was, at that time, um, working on my theories, on my scientific theories. And it, it took years. It probably took at least 10 years to formulate those theories. So mm-hmm. if, if from start to finish, my, my uh, academic career, my collegiate career was at least 17 years. Hmm. Wow. How long were you an undergraduate for, too? And what is it like to – all right, well, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't fully understand um, – the phrase undergraduate and maybe you know there's others who don't either so i would like you to expand on that what is an undergraduate first and foremost well i would say the the, the initial four years um prior to a master's degree mm-hmm. um um and not to disparage anybody in their academic career but every phase is necessary every stage is necessary um um, I would say the first four years, uh, first three to four years of my collegiate career, I simply got my footing. I really didn't know what I wanted to study. And then after that, it all came to me. And for the remainder of my life, I've been pursuing this dream of scalar energy. But it's it's crucial to have a a conventional understanding, a conventional, if you will, education. It's it's crucial to to go back to to what is considered the foundation of learning, you know, mm-hmm. math, um, proper command of the English language, um, an understanding of philosophy, religion, history, all of that is crucial before you embark upon a specialized study. Okay, okay. All right, so you say get the foundation down first and then truly go after what is it that you want, but you have to yeah. arm yourself with the basic tools to understand what is it that you're learning. Yes, indeed. Mm. Thank you. Indeed, indeed. I, I like that. I like that. So, you know, this has been long awaited. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I know you've been waiting to get into it. You know, I can hear it in your voice. The anticipation is building up. <laughs> um, I was wondering uh, if you could please introduce 
to people what is how do you pronounce it scalar scalar energy i did not want to say that wrong can you please introduce <laughs> to people about uh can you please tell people about uh scalar energy what is scalar energy well everybody's familiar with electricity Indeed. what i'm saying to you today is there's another form of energy that is not electricity there's another form of energy that some people call scalar energy or perhaps chi prana or some people will term it pyramid energy or tesla energy hmm. and this is my statement my opening statement is scalar energy is vastly superior to that of electricity Scalar energy is going to be the tool of the future. Scalar energy is about to change the way we live. It's a technology that's about to, to change our lifestyle immeasurably. Ooh, okay, okay. So how is it about to change our lifestyle? What can we expect from scalar energy? Well, my, some of my predecessors, one man by the name of Nikola Tesla, I'm sure many of you are familiar with Nikola Tesla. Yes, we are. Tesla developed scalar energy instruments that essentially worked upon uh, the concept of free energy, or what some people might call over-unity. That is, Tesla could literally take a scalar energy instrument and gain power from the atmosphere. I'm not mm. saying from coal or from gas or from electrical source. That is, scalar energy is everywhere. And the new power plant, so to speak, is right, right before us. The new power plant is, is not, per se, an electrical grid or a coal power plant or, a, or a, a wind farm. The new power plant is right before us. Scalar energy is everywhere. This means free energy for the world. That's where we're going with this, free energy for mankind. That's one of the concepts that we'll explore during this hour. Okay. Okay. Um, and to expand upon free energy for mankind, how – now, this is going to be a two-part question. For one is, uh, how do you see this playing out into fruition? How do you see this coming to life? And does it threaten the – way that the United States makes its money off of coal, yes. Um, yes. nuclear energy. Yes. Well, nuclear energy is its own, is its own category there. Uh, well, solar power, you know. Um, this isn't going to be a threat to the powers that be, as you've stated. It's a new technology. Mm -hmm. And this new technology will make obsolete so much of our current modern-day technology. So uh, I, you'll use this example and it, I believe is pertinent, We a uh, hundred years ago, we used to drive around in a horse and buggy. Indeed, uh, I before, before the advent of the car. Well, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen any horses and buggies on the road today, or yesterday for that matter. So the automobile, the motorcycle, different modes of transportation have supplanted the horse and buggy. My point is this, scalar energy is going to replace the existing technology today. And much of our existing technology today will be out of date, will be obsolete once scalar energy uh, comes upon the scene. Hmm. Hmm. This is interesting. I got to see how this all plays out, to be honest with you. This is my first time hearing, hearing of scalar energy. And now, actually, you know what? This is going to be a really good question. Do you think that 
those who are in a position of power are going to let this play out? Um, they have no choice because it's, wow. the cat is out of the bag, so to speak. And in other words, it, there's a groundswell of support. Um, the people have been educated. Um, the people are now demanding this type of technology. Um, it cannot be suppressed. So I anticipate a confrontation. Um, that is always um, the part of human nature. I'm, I'm very well um, conversant um, that the powers that be will not want this, but it cannot be stopped. It's, it's a momentum uh, that has been achieved over the years, and that momentum is growing every year. So I will declare that it is, it is unstoppable. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a big claim right there. <laughs> um, right. Hey, man. I, hey, listen. Uh, w w you know what I wanted to do? One thing I wanted to go back on and touch on beside the scalar energy, I wanted to touch on, first we're going to start this off by saying in your own words, what would you describe as a person's life force? A person's life force? Yes. Um, let's, let's term that if if it really is fundamental energy and if it really is the fundament that is responsible for life, I would have to say it's scalar energy. Scalar that is energy. all, all energy is instructive energy, but scalar energy, as I understand it, is the initial energy of the universe. It's the first energy, if you will, produced by the sun and the stars. And when you have energy, you have intelligence. Energy equates to intelligence. It equates to instructions. So when I say scalar energy is from the sun and the stars, I believe that is true and accurate. And if it is indeed from the sun and the stars, then it is the, the not only the primal force in the universe, it's the mm -hmm. life force of the universe, but it also carries all instructions. That is, everything in the universe is instructed by energy, by scalar energy. That's quite profound. So perhaps we could call it the mind of God. That's what we're looking at. Scalar energy is the consciousness of the universe, or perhaps we could call it the mind of God. Hmm. The mind of God. That's a big thing to say. So if is the scalar energy in any way tie into the, what we would understand to be the soul of a person? Yes, yes. I, very good. I believe everybody does have a soul. Okay. And I believe that soul is non-material. It's non-physical. Well, in composition, what is a soul? I believe it's a scalar energy. I believe it's a, 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 our scalar energy signature, if you will. So that's, that's prudent upon your part. Okay, okay, okay. So, scalar, so the soul is scalar energy with a signature that defines that person? Maybe? Correct, correct. Every, everybody's unique, so every soul is unique. And this is why if, if you're spiritually inclined, if you're religious, you understand that spirit, soul, is non-physical. It's not of the material realm. And that's what scalar energy is. Scalar energy is non-physical. It's a form of pure light. So in my estimation, is, and what I consider scalar energy, it really is a divine essence. It's really the, the essence of God. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's a profound statement, but I'll go on record and I have proof to that, to that measure. Hmm. How did you, throughout all your research, what, uh, what led you to certain, uh, is there any ways that you could give us any, you know, background into your research as to where you may have found one or two uh, things that back up this information? Um, 
I, I try to look at so many different disciplines and, and so many different um, ways of interpreting reality. And what I have found is this, that scalar energy is the common denominator for so many religions, for so many sciences. Mm-hmm. And sadly, there's so much division, there's so much confusion. If we go back to the point that I made earlier that scalar energy serves as the instructions of God and that all energy is initiates as scalar energy and hence all instructions are scalar energy instructions mm-hmm. that in, in and of itself is a unifying factor in other words scalar energy should unify mankind scalar energy should bring people together so to get to your question mm-hmm. what is it about scalar energy it transcends cultures. It transcends time and space. Scalar energy is the unifying principle of mankind. So, yes, it is the life force of the universe. How did the terminology scalar energy uh, come about? How did, uh, how did this... Because, you know, everybody has different terminologies for what they believe. Sure they do. And so, if we were Russians, we would call it torsion energy. Oh. If we were from um, Asia, we might call it chi or prana. Um, if you're a scientist today, they might call it scalar energy or a longitudinal wave. These terms are synonymous. Um, the, the term scalar energy is in vogue today. The exact entomology behind that is, is hard to say. Where, how that term was coined, it's hard to say. But the term in vogue today is scalar energy. So we consider that there's two types of energy. Mm-hmm. And if, if you look in a, a, a textbook today, most physics textbooks are at least alluding to scalar energy. Yes, there is electromagnetic energy. We yes, understand that fluently. But this new emerging science uh, carries the, the title scalar energy. And that's, that, if I had my druthers, the entire world would be powered by scalar energy. But if something that lives within you like your soul let's say because that's what let's say we're gonna scalar energy is bigger than that right yes how would a one soul power something here on the earth <laughs> oneself well, the energy from oneself power uh let's say would this power something physical well let's consider this mm-hmm. perhaps it's the soul that gives us life indeed it is. perhaps perhaps our soul not only gives us spiritual life, but perhaps our soul really has as a guiding force in our mental capabilities, in our physical prowess. So if we say that, yes, the soul, the human soul is composed of light, pure light, which is scalar light, mm-hmm. then with that, with that consideration, so many things must be considered in light of that. That is, not only do we have a soul, but that soul is responsible for our character. That soul is responsible for our judgment. So perhaps this leads us to the conclusion, if we live a good life and our soul is clean, our soul is holy, then we're going to see the fruit of that. We're going to see the fruit of that action. If our soul is corrupt, then we're going to see the bad fruit to be derived from our soul. This is true. Okay, 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 okay. This is true. This is true. But will that still can scalar energy be used to power something physical? Yeah. And I do that all day long in my laboratory. Oh. And other inventors have done that. Yes. And this is the beauty of scalar energy. 
many many inventions have shown that if the power input is one x, then the power output is one x, mm-hmm. or or maybe you have somewhat of, of a gain. To the contrary, with scale energy, if the power input is one x. I could feasibly say in the future we will see an output of a million X. In other words, we can create a force field that will, that will multiply the energy that is put into the system. Some people call that overunity in which you, you gain energy. It's, it's energy is produced by scalar energy. Energy is multiplied or amplified. This is what's so exciting. So in other words, if, if you could scalarize a, a gallon of gas in your gas tank, mm-hmm. you could feasibly run 1,000, 2,000 miles on a, on a gallon of gas. Hmm. Scalar energy is the efficient way of energy. Scalar energy does not experience entropy. Entropy is a degradation or a loss of signal or a weakening of a signal. And my... My good friend, um, I never met him, but Tesla, Nikola Tesla, demonstrated that. He developed many scalar energy instruments. He developed a car that worked on scalar energy. He did not use any type of combustion engine for this car. Hmm. And he literally just captured scalar energy from the atmosphere, and he ran a car by way of that free energy source. So imagine that. In the future, we're going to do away with gasoline engines. They will be run by scalar energy. Hmm. Very interesting. I I did see this new thing where they're going to allow us to plug in cars in certain places. That's that's the that's the latest thing I heard about uh, the updates with concerning uh, new energy being used because this is all brand new to me. Scalar energy. This is all brand new to me. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. I'm going to play another song that people might be familiar with. Uh, this is BG's Staying Alive. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and return right back after this. Uh, so far, so good, Tom. I'm enjoying interviewing you. I'm hoping that you're enjoying this interview and the questions that are yeah. being uh, presented. And here we go. One, two, three. <laughs>
Uh, we're back once again. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was for those who don't know about Nikola uh, Tesla, how about you give them a little insight into Nikola Tesla's uh, discoveries, his research, and how that led up to uh, scholar energy? Sure. We, we owe our modern-day age to Nikola Tesla. Tesla was responsible for AC electricity. And whether people realize it or not, te- Tesla was much more influential than Edison. So if we look at our inventions today, many of those bear the imprimatur, if you will, of Tesla. It was Tesla who converted the world into electricity, not DC electricity that was inefficient, that Edison proposed, but AC electricity. And Tesla envisioned other, so many other um, inventions that, again, we, much of the modern-day age bears some um, um, reference to Tesla in his work. So Tesla um, um, uh, experimented um, th- throughout his lifetime, and his early career began with AC electricity. Tesla, again, was the father of AC electricity. Mm-hmm, yes. But All, somewhere, uh, somewhere along the way, he discovered a better energy, what I consider to be scalar energy. And he started to experiment with scalar energy. And his inventions and his work with scalar energy far surpasses his work with that of AC electricity. Now, if people come to this understanding that Tesla, even though he was the father of AC electricity, essentially abandoned that research later in his life. And he devoted almost all of his life exclusively from that point forward to working with scalar energy. That will give us an indication just how important scalar energy is. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Is there any... uh because uh, I have a friend that's listening in right now, and he said that, you know, government and corporations, you know, picked that Tesla and took a lot of what he has or he had back yeah. back then, you know. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yes. it's almost like they destroyed the day, the man, you know? The day that Nikola Tesla died, he was living in New York City. The government raided his laboratory and took all of his notes and all of his inventions. And they did that because they were intimidated by this. They knew that this man was very much ahead of his time, and they knew that if anybody got hold of these inventions, that it would change, if you will, the economic model, that that these inventions will produce such a drastic change to the way we look at technology that it will have a a significant impact upon corporations and banking and and finance. So for various reasons, Tesla's work was... um, was was uh, concealed from the general public. The government seized it, and we've never seen the light of day of his notes or his inventions. Um, all, all giving testimony to this great man, to this visionary, and to what scalar energy could have done for mankind had had we had this ability to work with Tesla and posthumously work with his notes and work with his inventions. Well, that opportunity was taken away by the government authorities. Wow. Wow. We, yeah. See, uh, the world we live in, I have to admit, man, you know, the powers that be sometimes are definitely rough, man. More than rough. Yes, they are. Inhumane, you yes, know, they sometimes. are. It, they're, they're selfish. They're greedy. And who suffers? The people suffer. The people suffer. These people uh, in power, they're, they're doing this for uh, their selfish intent they're not humanitarians they they don't want to see mankind f- 
flourish. Um, they want to hold on to their money and power. Indeed. Indeed, they do. Um, one thing I will say, uh, one thing I wanted to ask, right? Uh, in what ways can scalar energy heal people? I wanted you to get into I, that and let, uh, let the audience know how scalar energy heals others. I've perfected a process whereby I can take scalar energy and administer that energy. It's a signal that I can send into the human body. And again, scalar energy serves as an instruction. And in so doing, I can break down a virus. I can break down a bacterium. I mean, I've had great success using scalar energy to break apart the herpes virus. Hmm. I mean, people come to me, they've been infected with a herpes virus. Some people have been infected for years. And I'm able to break down the molecular bonds of the herpes virus and eradicate herpes from the human body. That's one, just, just one of the gifts, the one of the benefits of scalar energy. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And if people were taught themselves, do you think the possibility of them learning how to heal themselves and others would become a, a new thing that we see in the future? Yes, yes. I think that's here today. I think a lot, many people realize that auto-suggestion or a prayer, call it what you will, is serving to change the world. And many people are, are, are getting involved in this, perhaps we'll call it self-healing, or many people are um, able to pray, or some people ha have the ability to lay hands upon others, and people are healed in so doing. So I, I see just so many opportunities in the future. People are starting to realize that they have this innate ability, this God-given ability to heal and to change their lives and to transform their lives. And we're seeing that more and more. And it is accelerating, and people are now aware of the capability. Everybody has that supernatural capability. They do. Uh, in what ways do you think these supernatural capabilities were suppressed? Can you name a few? Um, we're not seeing that suppression as, as much as we used to. People realize that a prayer life or a positive thinking, that's the supernatural import that I want to speak about. People realize that positive thinking can change the outcome of events. People realize that prayer can change the outcome of events in this world. So we're seeing that more and more. Many people are now starting to acknowledge that we all have that innate ability, and that's so crucial. You know, this is not elitism. Everybody has this ability. But only now do we see how powerful prayer is and how powerful the mind is, how mind over body. Uh, you've heard that expression so many times. Well, we're, that is indeed um, uh, making its way into the mainstream. We yes. realize that we are, can create our destiny, and that's very much true. That's, that's not hyperbole. We can create our destiny. Yes, indeed, we can. You speak them good yeah. words, you know. You tell the, the people out here what they need to hear for sure in terms of giving them encouragement because a lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of people I know. don't. A lot of people get discouraged along the way, you know, not knowing that there are people out there who do things similar to them, you know. Um, one thing I also wanted to ask was what are one of your experiences that you had healing a pr uh, people and uh, can you share that with us, you know, a story? Sure, sure. Um 
I had uh, had the good fortune about a month ago. I've been working with a gentleman who is HIV positive for five years. Um, he was diagnosed with the um, HIV virus. And he took on our treatments, and we, we worked with him for a few months. And thereafter, he had a diagnostic test conducted. And the diagnostic test came back negative, no viral load. And it's, it's quite uh, satisfying, to say the least. It's, it's quite um, uh, promising that somebody who is HIV positive and who, who was sick with the um, human immunodeficiency virus for five years is now free, clear of that virus. And we have the diagnostic test to prove that. So we're on to something gigantic here. You know, once again, we have the easy way of breaking apart viruses, bacteria, and fungi. This is the easy way because scalar energy affords fundamental control over nature. We have the easy way to improve human health. Hmm. Hmm. And you know what? This question coming up next actually piggybacks off that question. So what does this mean for the pharmaceutical business? We will see um, uh, a change in that landscape. Um, we will see that eventually um, um, the, the pharmaceutical industry will uh, no longer have their power grip over people. Now, I have nothing against um, proper medical care, proper medical attention. The problem I have is that many drugs, many pharmaceutical products are used indiscriminately. And some people now have become addicted to these pharmaceutical products. Um, I'll go on record by saying scalar energy, as it makes its way into the mainstream, will make obsolete many pharmaceutical products. Uh, for instance, Valtrex is used to treat herpes. Well, uh, I am saying that scalar energy can break apart, can destroy the herpes virus. So <clears throat> in the future, I really don't think we're going to have a need for many pharmaceutical drugs because they will be obsolete. You know, consider mm. that. Wow. Hmm. And how long over time do you see this happening? You know, this is definitely not something that's going to happen by tomorrow, that's for sure. Uh, no. And with I, technology... I, I have a, a five-year <clears throat> window. Okay. And within the next five years, we will see um, this come, this revolution, this change, this, this incredible um, um, a change come upon the world. Within the next five years, people will embrace scalar energy, and within the next five years, it should gain momentum significantly. It, it is unstoppable right now, but the next five years, this will become a household word. Scalar energy will be a household word. And if you've heard it for the first time tonight, it will not be the last time you've heard this. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so... Uh... You know, one thing we talked about scalar energy, scalar energy, but I wanted to, you know, talk to you directly and, you know, ask you one question. Is there, if there's one thing that you could, that you would leave us with that you find inspirational to yourself and others, what would that be? And not necessarily scalar energy, but speaking basically from your experience, what is something yeah. that has but inspired Believe you in God, inspire? believe in your friends and family, believe in yourself. There's just too much negativity out there. Believe in God. Believe in your friends and family. Believe in yourself. Mm. And we, we will see a better world with that type of attitude. Ah, wow. 
I'm, I'm honestly going to say that was amazing, to be honest with you. That is true, man. We do we do see a lot of negativity in this world. And one last question is, one: what way do you think uh, a person with a negative attitude or somebody going through negativity could uh, uh, prosper, you know, through it? How, how do you think that they could? Because uh, well, some people are secular. So also think about yeah, that. There's also I, those I understand. Who are so. For those who are not secular, I would say say a prayer or make some positive affirmation. Or if you're not necessarily so spiritual, how do you get out of negativity? Do something positive. I know that sounds simplistic, but don't concentrate on the negative. Try, even if it's only one event, try something that will change your immediate surrounding. Mm. You might not be able to change the world, and you can't. But if you're confronted with negativity, just isolate, pick out one thing, one improvement, one thing that you can do, and then make that improvement. Mm. Mm. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and ask you this also, because I promised you this. That was for sure. Uh, at this point in time, we have uh, reached the brink of our, uh, of our interview. Uh, but what I would like you to do is I wanted you to please tell the audience where they can find more about your research. Sure, sure. Um, we have a free program. The program is freescaler.net. Visit that website, freescaler.net. And with that in mind, um, you can uh, register for 15 days of free treatments. We'll treat anybody for free, no questions asked. I have a phone number. Should I share that also? Yes, you could give that out at your leisure. Yes. Okay. Um, phone number is area code 805-364-3051. If you want to to change the world, call me. Let's change the world together. Ah, see, I like that. I like that. That was great. <laughs> call me. We'll change the world together. Amazing. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say was I want to thank Tom. Paladino for coming on and uh, giving us insight into scalar energy. Um, like I said before, uh, human will continue on this whole entire month. I was gone. I was hos hospitalized for uh, scoliosis of the lower vertebrate. Um, so uh. right now I'm just returning back and I will be back for the rest of the month. But there's a special song that I want to dedicate to you from Stranger Things. I don't know if you saw that uh, series, but I know a lot of us love the series. And there's one song that stood out to me. It's called Heroes by Peter Gabriel. It's a cover from the original song uh, by David Bowie. Uh, so here we go. I'm going to go into it without further ado. One, two, three, four. Nothing 
us together We can be ten Forever and ever How we can be heroes Just for one day How we can be heroes Just for one day Thank you.